you know, the twists and turns of life, you go upside down, you go really fast, you go really slow. It's life is a roller coaster. Hold on tight. Hey, everybody, Emily Avadi here. You are listening to episode 228 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For episode 228, I am chatting with Amanda Klutz. To say that I have been going after this combo for a while would be an understatement. I'm so, so happy to finally have Amanda on the show. And we are chatting about it all. We're chatting about how she got into the fitness industry while simultaneously going after her big dreams performing on Broadway. She also chats about the decision for her and her late husband, Nick Cordero, to move out to Los Angeles, despite loving it here in New York, to chase some big dreams. Now, if you know Amanda's story, you know that shortly after moving to Los Angeles with their new baby, Elvis, her husband, Nick, went into the hospital at the beginning of covid and unfortunately, never made it out. And so uh, we talk about that today. We talk about what it's been like for Amanda to take on life as a single mother, navigating grief, and also the escalation of her career as more and more eyes came on her and her story with everything that was going on with Nick. We also talk about how she keeps on keeping on, how she navigates the hardest days with a little well, let's say a lot of help from her friends and family, her new movie coming out, and how she loves to use her platform these days for good. I was offered up this interview as a part of her partnership with a brand called Swanson Weo. The brand makes mental wellness and self-care nutraceuticals, and to no surprise, Amanda says that she leans in to these products to navigate the ins and outs of her crazy, crazy days. A huge thank you to Amanda for giving me her time. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't say a huge congratulations to everyone who ran New York City yesterday. I had such a blast cheering you on. Put your feet up, get some rest, and take a break for a little while before setting your next big, crazy, hairy, audacious goal. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that... Let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Amanda Klutz. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to finally have the opportunity to sit down one-on-one. I feel like it's been a long time coming, at least for me. Um, and I know that you are a busy woman to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bus- it's a busy time right now. To say again that you have a lot going on would be an understatement. Someone has a movie coming out. 
Yeah, December 4th on CBS. It's going to be so fun. Uh, my Christmas movie that I filmed this summer. Um, and I'm I'm so excited about it. Can't Was it wait. weird thinking Christmas in the summer? You know, actually, it really got me in the mood for Christmas. It was really fun. It was, um, you know, you would think that it would be weird, but I think it was, it was actually really, I'm going to say weirdly inspiring to get excited for the holiday only because I'm sorry to like go dark for like two seconds, but the last two Christmases were really hard for me. And I, you know, as the holidays even approach, like you, you just, it's, it's hard because they're not what you used to love. And so doing the Christmas movie, I remember being on set being like, this is really getting me excited for the holidays. And it felt really good to be excited for the holiday instead of anticipating it with anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is that this is a shift for sure from what you've been dealing with over the past couple of years since the loss of your husband. What else would you say right now you're looking forward to as the year kind of is coming to an end? You know, I think right now it's just been um, a super exciting time of like creating and seeing like dreams come to life a bit. So I would just say like more of that. I'm really like, that is what fuels me, Emily. Like I get so excited when I like think of an awesome idea in my head and I could collaborate with people and then help it and see it come into fruition. It like, just like gets my energy going. So I'm excited for all of that. Yeah. I love that idea of dreams come to life. And I think that's why I have admired you a bit from afar for so long now. I was, I'm just so impressed with your attitude toward innovation, despite hardship. Right. And I know that that has been just so impressive for me to see you persist and continue on despite the hurdles that you faced. Ideas still come and invention still happens and you've really been focused on on that. And I think it's really beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. I think honestly, that's, if I look back at my life, that's like the years being on Broadway. I think Broadway trains you for so many things in life. And I think it's just like, it's a hard lifestyle. It's a hard thing to like keep on doing and not give up. And like, it just teaches you resilience because you get told no so many times and you're constantly around people that are amazingly talented a lot more so than you. And you have to figure out your little way in it all. And then you have to like, you know, figure out how to live that lifestyle and succeed. So I think it's, I think it's those years of Broadway training just have like really prepared me for everything in life. (laughs) Well, I don't, we don't need to do a complete deep dive into the past, but you did bring up Broadway and that is also what kind of segued you into fitness. So could you give us a little insight as to when you knew that dancing was something that you wanted to do on any sort of a professional level? I do. I remember the exact moment in time I was doing Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I was in sixth grade, but it was the high school production. They asked children uh, from the middle school to be a part of the high school production because Fiddler on the Roof is all about family and they needed to round out the high schoolers with some kids. So they like asked five or six of us that were in um, this dance program at my middle school 
And we were doing the dress rehearsal. We were singing the first song in the musical, which is tradition. I raised my arms up to do the choreography. This feeling came over me and I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And that's what I knew. <laughs> do you still have a soft spot for Fiddler on the Roof? <laughs> yeah, I think I always love a soft spot for that musical and that <laughs> specific song, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then you mentioned, you know, the hardships that come hand in hand with being on Broadway. When I ask you perhaps about one of the biggest hurdles that you had to navigate during that time of hitting the pain, pavement, pounding the pavement, trying out for gigs, does anything specific come to mind? You know, it's just a, it's a roller coaster. It is, you're on the, the highest high when you are in a Broadway show and you're going to work every night at your Broadway theater and that family, that cast becomes your family. And you, you know, you walk outside every night and there's a crowd that's like cheering for you and you're like, oh, no pictures, you know, <laughs> it's like, and then you're going out with your cast at night and you're having drinks after the show and like, it is such a high. It is so fun. That Broadway community is so amazing and fun. But then a bad review comes out oh. or you're not making enough money and your show closes and on a dime, it stops and you lose your paycheck. You lose your health care. You lose your family. You lose everything that you've been doing religiously because that schedule is a religion. You have to do it every single day, no weekends, no holidays. And then you're unemployed and you're back to unemployment, which is $400 a week in New York City. It was at the time that I was doing Broadway. And it is a complete life shift. Like you are on the high of the hill and then you get whoop, and you drop down to nothing and you have to go back to those auditions and back to those cattle calls. And like, that's what I'm saying. It just prepares you for anything and everything. Anything and everything. I know you met Nick when you were on Broadway in Bullets Over Broadway. Just so crazy to think about how much has happened since then. And I remember listening to you on a podcast talking about your decision to move to Los Angeles, another curveball that wasn't exactly in the cards for you for a while. Yeah, no, I fought him on that one for a good long time. It was like a year. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't want to move to LA. I've always wanted to live in LA. It's just the time of our lives. It was a bit of a crazy time where I was on maternity leave and, um, and Nick hadn't been working. He was going through a little bit of an unemployment drought. And so we were having a new baby and we both kind of like, were not working a lot. And my parents were across the hall. My two sisters lived in New York city. So we had all this like built-in help and all of our contacts and, you know, my fitness business was there. It was just like, everything was there. And he wanted to pick us up and move across the country away from all of that to pursue his music career. And at the same time, take a job that paid barely anything that he had done for years before. So it just like, in my head, did not make any sense at the time. And, um, and I fought him on it and, and came to LA kicking and screaming, to be honest. How did it feel once you got there? Terrible. Actually, I cried every day. I, I did. I'm not lying. It was really, really hard. We were living with our best friend, but in a very small guest house, cause he was redoing his house. Um, and I felt really alone. 
Nick would go to work on his music a lot every day or rehearse. And so I was alone with Elvis, who was only three months old. I was trying to rebuild my fitness business here, but at the same time, I didn't have the amount of time and energy that I did in New York to build it because I was a new mom with a three month old who was breastfeeding. So it was, it was really hard. I was teaching like two classes a week, but nobody was coming. I had like one or two people in my class. So I felt like a failure, um, on top of like, not really knowing, you know, motherhood yet. So I was a bit in a, like a postpartum depression. It was not good. Actually. I was, it took a very long time to feel comfortable here. What would you say you leaned into to get you through that time? Because as we know, things kind of only got harder from there. So at first in this new place with a young baby, feeling really alone, your family back on the East coast, how did you get through that part? You know, I think again, this comes back to like that ups and downs that I know about life so easily from years of Broadway. It's like, there's a part of me that always knows. And I, and I know this through like all the struggles in my life that like, it's hard right now, but it won't be hard forever. And like, I think there's just like a part of me that knows that deep down inside, whenever I'm going through a really hard situation, I just, I I keep telling myself like, it's hard right now, but it won't be like this forever. And I just keep pushing and I keep, I, I know that if I like grind and like every day put in that hustle, that the reward will eventually come. So many people going through tough moments now look to you and see your resiliency. Do you think that this was something that was nurtured in you from a young age? Or do you think that this has just been a skill acquired over time from, as you said, that time on Broadway and then beyond? I think a little bit of both. I remember watching my dad as a little girl. My dad like worked his way up from an insurance salesman to owning the company that he worked at and becoming like the head there. And, and I just remember seeing, you know, like things you track as like a little girl that you don't really understand. And then later in life, you're like, Oh, wow. I bet like my work ethic comes to my dad because he worked every single day of his life. Every Saturday he was at the office. He would take us to the office. He just was setting, I think, an ex- a, a fantastic example for the kids and my family, like, you know, the family, my family. And, um, and then I think by living out my dreams and moving to New York city, that, that then put those, you know, work ethic values, whatever to, you know, the test. And so then it like got stronger there out stronger there. And so you moved to LA and your fitness business pivots a little bit. Talk to us about what made you decide to get into your niche of the fitness business, because it's not every day that someone says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up a jump rope and lead with that. (laughs) Well, when I started my fitness business, I was back in New York and it was just kind of, I was going through a really hard time in my life. (laughs) Um, My Broadway show that I was in closed. I was also going through a divorce from a previous marriage where I'd been married for seven years and I felt completely lost. And, um, I just was like looking at my life and and I thought, you know, if I stay on this path of performing, you know, it's such an up and down. Like I told you before, it's this roller coaster. And I now am 
all alone. I don't have a support of a spouse that if I am, you know, on unemployment, I have my husband to kind of like fall back on and I have to now afford my own apartment. And I just like started looking at my life and just being like, what do I, what do I want in life? Do I want to be like living like this for the rest of my life? And, and I thought, no, I don't. So, and I also just got, I got to a point where I got a little bit sick and tired of people telling me when I could work, you know, when you're a performer, you audition and they tell you when you can work, when you have a job, when you don't have a job, um, you know, all those things. So I got sick of it. And that's when I decided to pivot and become a fitness entrepreneur and start my own business. And it was honestly one of the best things I've ever done in my life because it really, I've never worked harder in my entire life than starting that business, but it just, um, it just taught me again that like, if I put my own muscle behind something, I can see something build and, and see the reward from it. And for the first time I did have control of my life and I absolutely, it was, it was so thrilling. And, you know, the jump rope, it was fun because it was something that I created that I believed in. And, you know, at the time nobody was doing it every, you know, all these boutique fitness studios, nobody had a jump rope class. Um, so it was great because it was something that I created that was nowhere else. So we really got, you know, eventually, not at first, but eventually got a lot of buzz and became a bit of a thing. So that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. It is so admirable to hear you talk about being able to kind of create your own security. And this also translates or will transition us into the conversation about what it is like for you to navigate life now as a single mom. I'm sure you get messages from so many women who admire your sense of not only resiliency of, as we've talked about, but also independence and just figuring out how to make it work. So firstly, on that note, how do you feel lately? Oh gosh. Um, well, I, I'm feeling okay. October is a lot better than September. Uh, September was a, a hard month for some reason. I don't know what was going on. Mercury was in retrograde apparently, but like it was just a tough month and October uh, has felt a bit better. So hopefully we'll just keep riding it out. The end of the year it gets better and better. It's tough. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. I am an independent person. Even in a relationship, I tend to be still independent. I like, I like feeling like I can take, can, take care of myself. Uh, I always have, and I enjoy working. I love working. I love having jobs. I love creating. So that always makes me feel good. But, you know, being a single parent is really tough, especially when you don't plan on being a single parent. You know, it's hard with Elvis. He's three now. He is the cutest thing in the entire world. And he is doing all of these things that you just wish that your partner could also see and be a part of. And so I think like right now being a single parent is, it's that it's like constantly doing these things and being around him and, and not having your person to share it with is like excruciatingly hard day after day after day. Cause he just keeps doing cuter and cuter things. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. The balance finding is, is hard. The multitasking is extremely hard. Finding help all the time, all the time. I need help is very, very hard. It's yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. I can totally understand why that would be so t challenging. And for you to still, despite that challenge, seek 
opportunity for yourself is really beautiful to support your family, which I know that you faced some backlash about in the past. What do you say to those people that just don't seem to understand that priority for you, that priority of establishing yourself and having this career while taking care of your son? Oh my gosh. Well, listen, if I, if I don't have a career, I can't take care of my son. So, you know, also I think that to be a great parent, you have to be a great person first. You know, if when I'm happy, then I'm a better mom to Elvis. And what makes me happy, like I said, is working, is creating, feeling a sense of that independence, you know, and that I can do something. It makes me feel like I can provide for him and that I can take care of him and then us and then, you know, give us, you know, awesome opportunities, you know, to to do things together and, and make memories. Um, and listen, you know, I would not be making Nick proud if I didn't, you know, try to be an incredible human being every day. So I just, I always think of that. Like, I, I know Nick would be like, you better go do these things. You better go like make your dreams come true. Like he would want nothing more. So I don't really listen to any kind of haters, to be honest. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? You know, you said a happy Amanda is the best Amanda. What does a happy Amanda look like? Oh gosh. Um, a happy Amanda looks like I've probably, uh, done a, a, a few things in the day and given myself at least an hour to work out. Fitness every day is like something that will always make me happy. Um, and then spending time with Elvis obviously. And, um, yeah, just, I think, I think just live in life. I love getting out of the house and living and experiencing things and going on adventures and having fun and laughing. Aside from uh, an hour of fitness, what else is in your self-care routine? How do you take care of you? How do you nourish your body? Talk to me about that. You know, it's kind of different all the time based on what I need, you know, sometimes I need to take an hour and go get a massage. Sometimes I need to take a nap. Sometimes I need to have, you know, a coffee or a dinner with a, you know, best friend. I think I've just gotten really good at listening to my body. I think that's what it is. Like, I think we all just need to like do a check-in on ourselves and like, what is it that I need today in order to make myself happy for today? Tomorrow, it might be a different equation, you know? Yeah, totally. And so what I'm also hearing you say is that this like self-care, this wellness practice is not just outside, it's inside as well. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. I mean, if you're like, like, like specifically, like if I'm having like a very like anxious anxiety day, like I know I need to go work out because I need to like exert that energy. I need to like stop thinking whatever is making me anxious and like go, you know, jump it out or punch it out or dance it out, whatever it is. And I'm always feel better. But like, if I'm having like brain fog and I'm like, can't even think like, I know I need to like lay down or get a good night's sleep. I mean, I think it's all just like checking in with yourself from head to toe. It's sleep. It's, it's exercise. It's, uh, and it's spending time with my little guy that's really like giving back to myself right now, hugging him, cuddling with him. I mean, yesterday I, I, we just like cuddled on the couch and took like a three hour nap together. And it was like, I woke up and I was like, I'm good. 
taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, gotta give some love to my friends at Element. Element is a science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It's plant-based with no sugar, no gluten, no fillers, or other sketchy ingredients. And I use Element as my proper hydration strategy. Listen, proper hydration is critical for optimizing both physical performance and mental performance. It's not just about drinking enough water to stay properly hydrated. You've got to consume adequate electrolytes. And that's because those electrolytes, they help your nerve impulses fire, regulate fluid balance, help produce energy and support strong bones. Again, this is where Element comes into play and they have a great array of great tasting flavors like raspberry, orange, chocolate, citrus, you name it. Regardless of what you've got on deck this week, give Element a try. Head on over to drinkelement.com slash hurdle. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free Element sample pack with your purchase. Again, that is drinkelement.com slash hurdle to get a free Element sample pack with your purchase. Next up, I got to give some love to my friends at Open. Man, I don't know where I would be these days without Open. I was doing, I had so many events this week and on my way to each and every single one, I opened the Open app. Now, for those of you that don't know, Open is a digital mindfulness platform combining breathwork, meditation, and movement. I typically do between three and 10 minutes a day of breathwork, something that I can't even believe I'm saying that sentence now. I've never been successful at adopting a breathwork practice until I began using Open. And now, because I have this in my routine, I feel like I have just like a superpower in my toolbox. Open offers unlimited live and on-demand breathwork, meditation, yoga, Pilates, and more. Plus, they connect you directly with your teachers during in-class live streams. A lot of the breathwork sessions that I do are paired with great music. It's super calming. Everyone's voices make me feel at peace. Seriously, I cannot get enough of this. And like I said, I have never been able to stick to a breathwork practice until I started using this app. Let's take a class together. Open is giving Hurdle listeners 30 days absolutely free. You've got nothing to lose when you head on over to withopen.com slash hurdle. Again, that is withopen.com slash hurdle, W-I-T-H-O-P-E-N.com slash hurdle for 30 days free. Let me know what you think and I'll see you in class. Last but not least, have to finish things off by loving on Athletic Greens. AG1 from Athletic Greens is my go-to morning beverage with 75 whole food sourced ingredients as well as prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods. I shake up my AG1 every single day and in doing so, I feel more energized, more comfortable in my body and my digestion is better. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I feel like my skin is better too. I have been using this for years. I swear by it. And it gives me everything I need to feel like a better me in one simple scoop. Now, of course, you know, I've got an offer for you. If you get in on the Athletic Greens game today, you can get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D for free. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get your freebies with purchase today.
I can totally relate to what you were saying also about like every month being a little bit different as it comes to like navigating the day to day, especially with grief. I mean, for someone else who may be experiencing grief of any kind, do you have any advice to them when it comes to having grace with yourself and processing that? Yeah. Oh my God. It's a never ending battle. Yeah. I mean, if I look at September, September is our wedding anniversary. It's Nick's birthday. It's back to school. It's back to work. So I look at that month and I'm like, yeah, it's hard. Like, you know, people don't understand like grief, even, even dropping Elvis off at school, you walk in and you see other, you know, either families dropping off their kids together or a dad giving their kid a hug and dropping off their child together. And you see Elvis clock, the dad giving the little girl a hug. And you're like, it's instant, like, hit with grief and you, you drop the kid off and I turn the corner and I immediately start crying and I'm crying all the way to work because he'll never have his dad drop him off at school. You know, it's like, it's not a thing that ever goes away. And I think that's what I don't think people understand about grief. And I, and I think when you initially something like this happens to you, when you lose a a husband or a wife or a child or even a, a parent, you don't even understand that at first. You don't even understand that like in years to come, you're going to have these things that hit you all the time because it's a new experience. For instance, I always say grief is an onion and it's every time, you know, when you're cooking with an onion, you cut off a new layer of an onion or peel an onion, you start to cry. It's the same thing. Grief is like this onion that will have, you'll have your entire life. And every time a new situation comes up that you don't expect. It's like you peel off a new layer and it makes you cry. It's why grief never really goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there has been, uh, let's say a few blessings, at least as you've navigated your grief for sure. And I know that you always do choose to look for the bright side in things for you, as you've experienced so many amazing things over the last couple of years, now being an author, uh, of course, having this new platform on the talk and coming into your own in this new phase, what would you say has kind of been the brightest light for you on this journey? Uh, Right off the top of my head, probably one of the brightest lights was being able to do dancing with the stars. That was such a healing experience for me in many ways that I never expected. I knew I would love it. I knew I would love dancing again. I knew I would love performing again. I knew all of that. I didn't know that I would, it would help me process a lot of my grief. Um, I did not expect that. I didn't expect uh, in dancing with Alan every single day to get comfortable around another man again you know, just being with a man every single day, laughing and hugging and, and, you know, having inside jokes and doing things together. And, you know, we became like best friends and it was so wonderful to be around that male energy again. I hadn't had that in my life since Nick passed and I didn't understand how badly I missed it and needed it in order to heal. 
So it was just like, and to be able to dance out, dance to Nick's song and dance out my grief. I remember the morning I wake, woke up after performing Live Your Life on Dancing with the Stars. I woke up that next morning and I literally felt like a 20 pound weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And that was after writing Live Your Life and after doing all those interviews and after doing the audio book, literally thinking, wow, like I have really processed this grief and this trauma. And then to dance it was like, I finally gave my body like the last exertion of like, not that that grief ever goes away, but like, it was like this last, like internal grief that I like got out of my body. It was, it was insane. Um, that show was such a blessing. I, I wish I could do it every year. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly so many more, let's say like eyeballs on you over the last few years. How would you say that navigating that has been for you? You know, honestly, I have to say that has been a, a blessing because one of the things I have learned through this journey is that we really have to share our stories because in sharing your story, you really help other people. And now, you know, being such a sharer of my story, when people come to me and ask me for advice or share their stories with me, it helps me too. Like I'm, I'm learning from them as well in helping me and helping them. I'm helping myself. It's like, the more we tell each other our stories, it only helps each other. If you keep something in, it just eats you alive. You have to share it. And in sharing, it helps people. It helps you give back. It's like being a teacher. When you teach something, you know, you end up learning so much. So yeah, it's it's actually been a really big blessing. Yeah. And having this platform, not only to speak only about the things that you're passionate about, but then also support causes, brands, et cetera, you know, it really does kind of shift the game a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I it's, it's been wonderful. Like everything that has, that has come my way has been so fun and so organic, like it just like a, a nice organic um, fit and connection. Recently you started working with Swanson wellness inside and out. They sent me a box long ago of all of their stuff that I need to check out. Do you have any faves? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. I love the self-care one. That's just something like I take in the morning. It's just kind of like your general, like hits all ticks, all the boxes off of everything. Um, and I keep the magnesium yummies at my desk at the talk. They're really great for stress, anxiety, and just like cognition. They're like some, and I love a gummy anything. So what's great about, (laughs) what's great about the Swanson Rio products is, uh, they really have something for everyone. And like I said before, how like I don't know, for me at least, no one day is the same. And so I love that their product line literally has something for anything that I need. If I need help with sleep, they got it. If I need help with stress, they got it. If it's brain fog, I got it. Like it's, it's kind of like your different kind of, you know, whatever you need, you can find. Beyond now having all of these eyes on you on social, also being on TV is a pretty different pivot for you, what would you say has been maybe the most challenging part of that? Because you're doing this in real time. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, it is a live show. Ironically, you know, because I spent so many years on Broadway and and did film and TV during that time as well. And then even with my fitness business, I was, you know, on morning television shows a lot. Um, the world of TV wasn't 
it wasn't too much of a switch for me. It was almost like in a weird way felt ironically like a perfect next step from my years of performing and doing bits of, you know, uh, film and television um, that I remember walking on the set and feeling like this oddly feels so wonderful and, and feels like a family right away. I would say the hardest thing about live TV is just that it is every single day. You know, it's, it's a lot of information. Luckily I have a good short-term memory because it's like a lot of information in your ear and you kind of just have to be really good about going with the punches and listening and to the person and then responding and making decisions quickly. So that would be the funnest part, but it's, it's, I, I really, I enjoy it so much. I actually really love it. When you got the call from your agent that they were inter- interested in you coming out to audition for the talk, what was your first thought? Well, that day, yes. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, all right. I thought would be fun. Um, I didn't fully understand that they wanted to test me. So it was more so the next call that he gave me that he was like, okay, they're going to put you on, um, a 10 episode contract in, you know, to test you to be a co-host. That's when I was like, wait, this isn't just like a one time thing. He was like, no, no, no. They are thinking of you to replace, you know, Marie Osmond at the time. And I was like, oh my, oh my gosh. Okay. And so that was, that was the craziness. And then, you know, when he called with the actual, you know, job offer, which was like, I know, uh, November 30th, I remember it to this day. That's when I was like freaking out. Cause it was a big life change. I had never had a job that secure before in my entire life. You know, uh, like I said, Broadway was never secure. So this was like a first job that I really felt like, whoa, I have like a steady paycheck that I can, you know, really like plan things for my life. And at the time it was just, it, it gave me such a sense of relief because it was November, Nick had passed away in July so I was really kind of like really in the first couple months of being a single parent and that fear of like, okay, I got to make sure that I have a job and that I can provide for my son. And at the time, my only job was my fitness company. So life has really, really changed in three years. And that job getting yeah. the talk was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can breathe easy because I, I will be able, I feel like I know I can take care of my son and, and, and pay for the mortgage on our house and a car payment and, and be able to save money. And I was just like, this is such a blessing. It's so beautiful to hear you say that because I also think that there may have been a little bit of anxiety on taking that step to being on this next level of a stage, right? Like to think about all of a sudden every day being on live television, it reminds me of that question, that ever lovely question, like what intimidates you or scares you more, the fear of failure or the fear of success? I think it's more so the fear of never trying. Oh, Amanda with the curveball. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, that's sort of how, Listen, if the pandemic taught me anything, it's that you have to try. You just have to just, you just have to do it. You don't know if you have tomorrow. You don't know what that will bring. You don't know what the next hour brings for your life. So like my, my biggest thing is the fear of never trying. 
someone comes to your Instagram page, they see a beautiful mama who's also a co-host of The Talk. You've got 730,000 people keeping up with you. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, honestly, just like the same girl that, you know, moved to New York at 18 and was living in a closet with two other girls that were, had cockroaches running around, you know, just trying to learn how to, you know, sing, dance and act in hopes to be a Broadway, you know, star one day. Um, I, 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 I don't feel any different than that girl. I, I, I love a hustle. I love to try. I love to just keep working and, and keep going for dreams. It's I'm, I'm the same person. You know, it's so funny. Um, you said hustle and it made me think real quickly about your time on dancing with the stars, because although you had a dancing background, you were doing so many different kinds of dancing. Did you still feel like that was challenging despite considering yourself a dance veteran? (laughs) This is what people don't understand about ballroom dancing from what I did. I, so on Broadway, I was considered a showgirl. I'm five ten. You put me in a heel. I'm over six feet. I'm never partnered. I'm too tall. Like I, like the girls that are partnered in Broadway shows are five, four, five, five, you know, they're little, they get tossed around and do lifts. I am such an, an enormous human being on a stage, I'm known for kicking like a rocket or tipping, you know, dancing alone, doing my own little thing because I'm a huge, (laughs) enormous, long person. And so ballroom dance is the exact opposite of that. It is connected to a partner, surrendering yourself to them and learning all of this footwork and intense, like dancing within frame. It is so completely different than everything I had always done. Now, yes, my coordination and 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 way to remember choreography and performance helped. But as far as like learning those dances, they were so hard. I loved it. I loved the challenge of it. But all dancers that have done that show, because I'm not the only one, will tell you the same thing. It's like being a pro tennis player like Roger Federer, but then saying to Roger Federer, here's a Jersey, here's a helmet, here's a football. Next Sunday, you're going to be a quarterback and playing for the Rams. And he goes, well, no, I don't do that. He's like, yeah, 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 but you're an athlete, right? You can do it. He's like, I play tennis. I don't play football. And yeah, well, you're going to do it anyways. And the whole world is going to judge you and you're going to be on the field doing it. And so get ready. That's dancing with the stars. It's like, just because you're a dancer doesn't mean, you know, you can tango. So in these moments where you are kind of going outside of your comfort zone, trying new things, often on a grand stage, do you have anything that you come back to and say to yourself to kind of hype yourself up and prepare you to quote unquote, go into battle? Oh, like if I, like if I, if I need to give myself a pep talk, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, listen, I, when I was uh, auditioning on Broadway, um, my favorite Bible verse is Joshua 1, 9. It's be strong and very courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if you look in my Bible, you will see next to that verse, every audition I ever went on and the date that I went to it. Because before I would leave the house, I would read that verse to myself and write down the audition and the date. 
And it is still something that I say to myself right before I walk into anything that I am probably freaking out internally about. I just say that verse and always calms me down. That's so special. Would you say that your relationship with faith has evolved or shifted over the last few years? Yes, so much so. In fact, I miss how connected I was to to my faith during the pandemic. I have never felt like stronger in my beliefs and faith than I did when I was going through everything with COVID and Nick. Um, I actually like really missed that connection that I had. Well, I'm so happy that we were able to at least carve out a little bit of time to talk today. And, um, I think I can say on behalf of many people listening to this, that your voice is truly so impactful and through sharing your struggle and exactly as you articulated sharing your story, you've truly just been able to, to help so many others as they navigate their hurdles as thank well. Thank you, Emily. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Right now, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice going through back during your hardest moments during the pandemic, losing your husband. You have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice looking back on that time now. What do you tell yourself? Oh, gosh. I would tell myself. <laughs> It's so funny. I, I, I never do well with these questions because I always, I kind of a person that tries not to look back at what I could have changed or what I could have regrets or anything. Not that you're saying no regrets, but I think, I, I think in general, I would just say life is a roller coaster. You gotta, you know, hold on to the bars <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, when you're going down the hill, you got to hold on really tight. And when you get up top, you put your hands up and you let it go. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the twists and turns of life, you go upside down, you go really fast, you go really slow. It's life is a roller coaster. Hold on tight. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me the details. Follow me on Instagram at Amanda Klutz. That's where I am most active. I have all the other ones, but I don't really do those. (laughs) Check out my movie on December 4th and for Christmas. That'll be fun. And all those good things. All those good things. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.